previewing the Hall of Fame game. No, we are not going to be. Today. We're talking about the NFC North. Maybe tomorrow there will be a little uh, a little bit of news about that football game that we'll see a lot of guys that don't make NFL rosters with the Jaguars and the Raiders. But let's talk about the NFC North, some really interesting teams in the Bears and the Packers and the Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Players to watch in 2022 preseason. Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is sponsored by... Better help. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Let's get this started with the Chicago Bears and some really up and down reports from Justin Fields in camp. We've talked about the roster composition of this team a lot in the offseason and how they didn't really do a lot to help him out. You really hope that the coaching staff alone and being a second year quarterback that got his feet wet in the NFL in a really rough rookie season for for uh, Justin Fields is enough. But. Clearly the player to watch on this team, a lot like the other second-year quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the big storylines the entire league this year. Uh, you know, that's that's the low-hanging fruit here, but Justin Fields is the future of this team, and if they got that one wrong, then uh, the future is going to be a little further away than I think everyone wants in Chicago. Yeah, and I think, it's, I think this is going to be an extremely long year where – Justin Fields just has to keep his head above water for a season and, and, you know, show this staff that he is the future, even though he's dealing with a really tough environment for 2022, you know, convince the Bears to draft him a first round receiver, not a first round quarterback. You know, I mean, I think that's really the goal here. They have tons of cap space next year. So there is some, you know, things on the horizon. Just get through this year without doing massive damage to fields, the coaching staff and whoever. And, and, you know, I always start these conversations with little stats and it's kind of like the giants, you know, like all the offensive stuff is just bad, you know, you know so, uh, but here's a couple things I think are noteworthy is only the Ravens and Patriots were blitzed more than the bears. So, you know, and that was with Dalton or fields and they did a terrible job with it. So that's something I think fields needs to work on. He's going to see a lot of, and then here's a little glimmer of hope is turnovers were such a problem for this team last year. I mean, only the Giants turned the ball over more, um, even though they had a ton of sacks. I mean, they, they were the fourth most sack, you know, sacks in the league on defense. They only took the ball away 16 times. So only the Jags ended up with the worst turnover differential. So if they could get that to minus three, you know, not minus 13, that's a step in the right direction and not killing yourself. 
Really important. I mean, it's just the little things, which is why the, the mm-hmm. coaching staff might be underrated how much of a difference that could make versus That's a good point. Yeah. we're just looking at with offensive line and offensive weapons for Justin Fields. But as far as watching guys on the field during training camp and preseason games, I think you do have to start with those uh, with the offensive line and those weapons on offense for Justin Fields. We know that Darnell Mooney is a really good player. Is he wide receiver one? wide receiver two um, he's gonna have to be wide receiver one for this team but someone like Valus Jones who they didn't draft a wide receiver they draft a couple uh, defenders early in the draft Valus Jones the third round pick who has a ton of athleticism can he jump right in and be a dynamic weapon for that offense in a piece that's sort of uh, you know movable and utilized in a bunch of different ways to create just something dynamic on the offensive side of the ball in the passing game yeah and I think he's a good start as well as Komet in terms of getting fields more layup throws. I mean, uh, Nate Nate Tice always describes him as a big game hunter, and I love that about fields. But the last staff didn't give him easy runs, easy gains, pick up five, six yards with a design quarterback run with 10 blockers or short, easy throws to keep him ahead of the sticks. And I, I have a pretty good history with Luke Getze, and I'm really rooting for him. He's a Pittsburgh guy, true and true, Steel Valley High School. I mean, I, you can't get any more Pittsburgh than that, and we were a pit together. So I'm rooting for Luke. I think he's a smart young man. He's young by my standards. Uh, and and sh- should at least get fields more layups. It's really important, yeah. It, and it's going to be important getting the ball out quick with, uh, with the composition of the offensive line, with right. Reef, Whitehair, um, Patrick Lucas, Michael Schofield. Larry Borum. I mean, those, you know, those aren't household names on the offensive no. line. They drafted some late round picks. They drafted three offensive linemen, but all of them are no, four offensive linemen, but all of them fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Yeah, they wanted one of those guys to hit in some way. And they picked up Riley Reef, who's at least a and Schofield. Those are recent pickups. They're at least NFL players. But this has to be amongst the worst lines and skill position combinations in the league, if not dead last. Yes, exactly. How about the running back position, though? Khalil Herbert yeah, is, yeah. is a player to watch for me, and he kind of was a player to watch for me last year with the Chicago Bears. And uh, I, I drafted him in our locked-on dynasty league that we like to reference because I loved the ability, even though he was blocked by David Montgomery. But I think he start, might start to eat into that work a little bit. And the fantasy community really loves what Khalil Herbert showed as a rookie last year as a sixth round running back. Could he be the future? Could this be the end for David Montgomery? And they decide that the, you know, they don't, they don't want to pay a running back and, and hand this thing off to Khalil Herbert to go along with Justin Fields and Cole Komet and, and Darnell Mooney. And, you know, maybe some additional talent on offense in the years to come. Yeah. I have to take this opportunity to pump up locked on dynasty because Ryan and I just did a show on what running backs would you target if what we call the productive struggle basically means you're tanking, you know, (laughs) and Khalil Herbert's perfect because he's not going to win you too many fantasy games this year, but he's a really good football player. And if the salary cap and all, and if they make massive progress a year from now, and maybe Montgomery's on another team, Herbert might slide into a really rich situation a year from now. And it might be a rich situation now because we know the attrition level of running back and any yeah. number two running back can be a number one running back real quick in the NFL. And he's just a really good player. You know, I add those guys to your team left and right. You know, another one is Tevin Jenkins, second round pick last year. Is he going to be yeah. a starting left tackle? Is he going to be starting right tackle? Is he going to be starting at all? Uh, and I haven't really kept tabs on that at camp. It'll be interesting to see. Well, how the, the, to interrupt you, the news is they might even be shopping him after a year. I, I don't know if there's validity to that or not, but he just seems like he's never fit in. 
different regime drafted him. Yeah. For sure. Um, and, and it took him a while. And it's usually worrisome if you draft a player in the top fifty, an offensive lineman that's not ready to play early in their career, because you expect that from uh, from guys that are drafted early for the most part, unless they're completely blocked. And Tevin Jenkins is not. They need not him to be a starting offensive tackle. Right. So he's definitely a pivotal guy. Uh, could he end up somewhere else? Are they that down on him? You would think he would compete for one of the tackles or even one of the guard spots. But if he can't do that, that is a massive red flag on this team. So, yeah, make a few big plays here and there. Um, you know, is the offensive line good enough to protect and run the ball a little bit, keep games close enough on offense, keep your head above water for Justin Fields? That's sort of the story and, and not mm-hmm. high expectations for the Chicago Bears in 2022 on offense. What about defense? There's a few more pieces on defense. They added Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker in the second round, two second round picks. They didn't have a first round pick because they traded it for Justin Fields. So that's a bonus next year. If they are a bad team, they'll have that high first round pick again. Um, And obviously all that cap space. But I liked both players, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Jaquan Brisker. I just liked maybe some offensive linemen or some wide receivers a little (laughs) bit more. But it's not like they drafted players either. Yeah, I I mean, their secondary now looks like a strength with Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson was a nice player, you know, still young. Roquan Smith's a foundational player for their defense. Uh, this this Travis Gibson is somebody that might be my breakout candidate for Chicago. You know, that's kind of the underlying story of trading Khalil Mack to open the door for Gibson. Uh, I could see a guy like Robert Quinn being traded at the trade deadline. You know, I mean, the, the Rams call him or somebody like that, and you bring him back. But the defense at least has more in place than the offense, fields aside. But still not quite the the defense that that led the team a few years ago. And that's uh, uh, both sides of the ball I'm worried about because I don't yeah. think they're even going to be able to keep it close enough to for the offense to pull out some games. So it could, it could be a really rough season. When you just look at the roster by itself, I would say you know the Falcons clearly have a worse roster. That might be it. Oh, yeah, that might be the only team. I mean, Houston, it's close. Although I mean, you put it, those two teams together, you start adding – if you added if you added either Fields to the situation in Atlanta, Atlanta yeah. or you know maybe gave Fields one of those pass catching weapons that were drafted in the top ten the last couple of years, that now would you're be talking. a nice combination. Which is what the uh, the, field, <laughs> the, uh, the Bears are hoping they're going to have next year. Yeah, so, hey, again, it could be a real. They might be the team where everyone's excited about a year from now, but they just have to withstand these really rocky waters. And they actually weren't terrible six and 11 last year that, yeah that wasn't you know they weren't the worst team in the league and their over under this year is six wins again uh did, did they take a step I'm back or they take a step forward I, I i would have to lean under if anything because it's hard to say over six wins for the chicago bears i think they get a little boost in the coaching department and probably quarterback department but i can't see this team winning seven no Cleo Mack, you know, who are, right. who are going to be the new leaders of a new regime. And uh, that will all play out in 2022 for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I think both is taking the under there. Yeah, I'm taking the over, though, on how many Built Bars I'm going to eat in 2022. Oh. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you might be depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built Bar's done it again. Let me introduce you to Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% chocolate, which really drives home the flavor of all built bars and not all of them. But if you're not a chocolate lover, there are some that don't have chocolate, but most of them are covered in 100% real chocolate and it's legit chocolate and it is good. And that's what really makes you feel like you are 
getting a treat when you reach for a built bar, even though they're low in calorie, low in sugar, and high in protein. That is the combination you want in a snack to keep you powered through your day, keep you powered through the back nine. Played golf yesterday, built bars in the golf bag. At the turn, you have a built bar. You feel really good. You don't weigh yourself down with a sausage roll or something, you know, Uh, and you actually feel like you're playing better uh, on the back nine. So go to builtbar.com right now. Snag a box for you and your family. It will be the perfect treat. If you don't want to do the cookie dough thing, I would recommend the peanut butter. And actually, they have a peanut butter lovers bundle. They must have been listening to the podcast, Matt. (laughs) I love the peanut butter bars. They've got peanut butter brownie and the traditional peanut butter, which is still my favorite from day one and it is still my favorite built bar flavor so peanut butter lovers bundle cookie dough chunk puffs whatever flavor you want or get a mixed box of built bars at built.com and best of all you can get 15 percent off with our promo code lock 15 go to built.com right now use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On NFL channel on YouTube. That is the home of Peacock and Williamson, as well as the Locked On NFL podcast and tons of other great content. And don't forget, your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, as Matt mentioned earlier, that he co-hosts right here on the network. The next team up, we're going alphabetical here, not trying to play any favorites in the NFC North. And that would be the Detroit Lions, who had a rough season, 3-13-1 last year. The ship has been righted. They are pointed in the correct direction, but how far down the river have they gotten in that new direction, man? I love what this team's doing. I I think that they have big-picture vision. Um, They started with line building and establishing a toughness that really reflects Stan Campbell's attitude, obviously. And everyone got a big kick out of kneecap biting and all that stuff. But they played hard and they ran the football and they really poured the concrete for a foundation of a beautiful home, in my opinion. And this past offseason, they took another big step forward. Um, They did things last year like... Only the Jets played more rookie snaps than the Lions this you know, last year. Well, they knew they weren't going to win a lot of games, so play all the young guys and get that you know get that experience under their belt. I mean, I really think their weapons are excellent. Uh, Jamison Williams was my favorite receiver in this draft. I think DJ Chark has been totally forgotten about as well. I think St. Brown is 100% real. Hawkinson, Swift, even Jamal Williams, one of the best lines in the league that didn't have Ragdoll last year. Like, they're a quarterback away, and in the meantime, I think Goff's going to have an okay year. You know, like, I, I, I don't look at him like, oh, he's the worst guy in the league. And then probably next offseason will be defense, defense, quarterback. And they already added Hutchinson, and there's some pieces in place. So I like where the Lions are at a lot. Chark is a really good compliment to St. Brown as well. And, and Chark is a usable talent in the NFL. And you're right. He has been completely forgotten about. And and Goff throws a pretty ball. And they, they could connect a little bit. And you love that they have the ability to block people up front. Uh, Ragnall is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, no matter the position. And um, I've loved him since he was coming out of college. And yeah. so this is if you can block people up and you can be physical, which this team is trying to do, you've got some talent there and you can put up some points i mean um they've got more going for them right now than the chicago bears do the question is can they double their wins you know and looking at the the bet online win totals they got six and a half for the lions they won three and a half games last year if you if you count that tie as a half so um can they double their win total which doesn't seem like that much but that's a lot doubling your win total in the nfl isn't easy 
It isn't. Uh, real quick thing, just because I'm a nerd. I misspoke. The Lions actually had asked their rookies to play many more snaps than anyone. They were tops in the league. I thought it was the Jets. It, it was the Lions. Okay, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Nerd. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm going to go over. I, I, I think playing – I just see three wins within the division for the Lions. If you can go three and three in the north – Again, I don't have a lot of respect for the Bears, and I think they maybe sneak one out against Minnesota or someone like that. Last place schedule, I think they put together seven wins or so. That would be almost half as many games as they, they've won in, in four seasons combined. So that's where oh, this team is right. coming from now. But right, like, and, and when it starts happening, and when teams arrive, they arrive quickly. Is this mm-hmm. the year for the Lions? Or are, they, are they still a year away from that? Uh, I'm going to still go under on the six and a half. If it was, it was five and a half, maybe i go over. But... Mm-hmm. Still some work to do there, and particularly we haven't talked about the defensive side of the ball. Aiden Hutchinson, is he going to be a difference maker like you would expect to get if you draft a player number two overall? Um, I don't think even, so. <laughs> I just think is, he's a good player, not a great player. <laughs> I mean, even if he is, you look at the rest of this. Uh, Ali McNeil, I think that he's a player they really like. They drafted in the third round last year. You got Michael Brockers, who's been around for so long. Solid, but you know, not a spectacular guy that's going to be making a difference. Charles Harris bounced around. Uh, Chris Board, Alex Anzalone. Um, what are we going to get out of Jeffrey Akuda? Jeffrey Akuda is probably the one to watch there. Anybody on defense I'm watching more than anybody else is probably Jeff Okuda there. Um, and, and can he make good? But I still think they're too far away on defense. I, I agree. I mean, they have some guys that are probably better than people think. The Akwara brothers, uh, a warrior, a warrior, the, the Penn State corner. He, he showed some promise. You know, Elliott and Walker aren't terrible safeties, but they need two more Hutchinsons or better, you know, impact guys on this side of the ball, which I expect them to be very aggressive next offseason. So, strangely, could the Lions be in a lot of shootouts? I mean, (laughs) I think their offense can hang with some teams that way. I could see that. I think they will try to play keep away with the running game so their defense doesn't have to be on the field that much. But I I think teams are going to score on them, so they're going to have to throw. And and can Jared Goff lead those to wins? And that's where it worries me a little bit. Even though Goff is Mm -hmm. one of 32 starters, he's he's closer to 32 than one, right? Um, Oh, yeah. And last couple years, they've drafted third-round safeties in uh, Ifetu Melifonwu and Kirby Joseph. And both of those players have ability. Can they – you know, be something long term and earn starting jobs there for the uh, for the Lions defense. So those mm-hmm. couple of players I'll be watching as well. You, you mentioned Ali McNeil, but in case people forget, last year's draft they took Penny Sewell, and then they took two defensive tackles. You know, Anzora Enrique, I just butchered the heck out of his name, and McNeil. So second and third round picks from last year, if they could take either one of them, could take a step forward. One more building block. You know, physicality and the and big people. Some tongue twisters on this team. They've got both (laughs) Romeo and Julian Aquara. They've got um, Oruarie, Onzerike, Milifon Wu. Yeah, you you can get tongue twisted really quick on this team. Yeah, uh, maybe we should move on because I'm struggling with the the Lions pronunciation guide here. Halapula Vati, Vaitai. Did I get that one right? There you go. They have a. I'm looking at their depth chart. They got a running back named Godwin Igwebuke too. Igwebuke so. is he related to? There was an old punter. There was an old. Yeah. Was that the 80s or the 90s? Igwebuke, an old punter. I wonder if Godwin Igwebuke is related. Has a punter ever had a running back as a kid? Maybe. 
<laughs> he's one of the more <laughs> he's one of the more athletic punters in his day. Yeah, athletic bomb. All right, that is the Detroit Lions. Uh, you got to be excited for where they're at, but I think muted expectations there for the Detroit Lions. Next, mm-hmm. uh, we've we're getting a little bit better in the division now, or at least the uh, the, the Green Bay Packers. I, I don't know what to expect about the Minnesota Vikings. That might be the the toughest team in the division to figure out. I want to let the folks first know about BetterHelp, though. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online to people worldwide. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs, can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's really easy. The website's super easy to use. You go on, ask a few questions, and they match you with the therapist to help you on whatever journey you have. And everyone's journey is a little bit different. Everyone's needs are a little bit different. You might have some major issues in your life that you want to talk about. You might have just had a tough time the last couple of years like everybody did post-pandemic trying to get back into your routine, someone to check in with to make sure you're hitting the points you're trying to hit every week in your life, weekly video or phone sessions. So you don't have to be on camera. If you don't want to text your therapist every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone. And if you don't like the therapist that you um, get hooked up with, you can find the right fit for you. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp dot com slash locked on that's 10 percent off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp h-e-l-p dot com slash locked on so bp as you were telling everyone about better help our fantastic you know friends here my phone just went bonkers as you can imagine deontay johnson has signed with the steelers so i i told my buddies that his his uh agent was here in camp yesterday so I'm going to have plenty to talk about from two to five on the drive. Oh, okay. What yeah. Are we so about two, I, I don't know any other details. I'm seeing a two year deal, which is less years than everybody hmm, else. Interesting. Okay. So sense. more on that. We'll, we'll get into the details of that. And I'm sure in the, maybe by tomorrow's podcast on Friday, we'll have the structure of that. Deal. I'm sure I, I won't have talked about it enough between now and then. So I'll definitely yeah, want to talk exactly. about it a lot. It's <laughs> always important to see the structure right now. It looks like a two year, 36 0.71 million dollar extension okay. which seems like a heck of a deal for the Steelers based yeah, on and based on what some of the other top wide receivers got but clearly he belonged below those wide receivers but this we're not talking about the Steelers today right, right. we're going to talk about the team that has won 13 games uh for the last what 10 straight years it feels like the Green Bay Packers 13 and 4 last year MVP Aaron Rodgers even though he had that weird you know, awkward off season and came back a little skinnier and long haired and, uh, you know, a hippie esque looking Aaron Rodgers. He was looking at little- something about how much he loves psychedelic drugs too, or something like that. That's, that's the reason I said that last off season. Like this guy has <laughs> called it right ahead of time. Like, yeah. Eating mushrooms in the mountains. He had that look about him. <laughs> right. He right. showed up to camp this year though, a little more yoked up. He had the, uh, the white tank top on going Cameron Poe from, uh, uh, the the uh the movie uh geez what's the name of the movie he did you see the slow mo Cameron Poe entrance he had the Nicholas Cage look to start camp this year so very different vibe going Hollywood yeah. Aaron I Rodgers. can't remember the movie either but yeah um it is Con Air Con Air was the name oh right 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 yeah questionable um, movie but okay but clearly more losses than gains there Devontae Adams that was huge he was the yeah. guy in that offense in the passing game. 
Aaron Rodgers says he's going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer with his new number one wide receiver, and he named it early in the offseason. He named his number one wide receiver, Alan Lazard. What do you think about the Green Bay Packers this year, man? Well, definitely more losses than gains, except on defense. Uh, I mean, you have those two first-round picks to an already exceptionally talented defense. I mean, that they didn't have Jari Alexander the whole year. I mean, there is star power galore on that side of the ball. So that's where I'm most excited about this team. Um, some of my little nuggets for them, they're all good, of course, you know, but one, the two things I just wanted to mention were they were, as you know, direct, you know, directly, they were so bad on special teams last year. Again, if you could just get one of those massive weaknesses to league average or 20th in the league is a huge step forward in that phase and then I love this stat. I mean, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP two years in a row. In that stretch, his touchdown to interception ratio is 85 to 9. I mean, that's just insane. And, and some people think he's trying too hard to not throw interceptions in big moments. In big moments, yeah. Um, which I think know, is maybe on. I'm glad you mentioned the special teams thing because we talk a lot of offense and defense here and and skip over special teams a lot of times. They brought in Rich Bisaccia to be the special teams coordinator this year. We're special teams in the league. They they legitimately might have won the Super Bowl if it wasn't for their special teams. It's the reason they lost against the 49ers in the playoffs for a chance at the NFC Championship game. Could they have beaten the the Rams? Could they have beaten the the Bengals in the next couple of games after that? They absolutely could have. They were the best team in the regular season in the NFL last year. So, um that that is really important for the Green Bay Packers, and is that enough of a game to make up for you know the, the loss on offense of Devontae Adams? But they do have some young talent. A couple of draft picks: Christian Watson at wide receiver, Romeo Dubs at wide receiver, um, veteran Sammy Watkins in there with Alan Lazard, and you know Randall Cobb still there. So they've got veterans, they've got young players to develop. Rookies tend to not go big with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what that ends up looking like. But um, when you have Aaron Rodgers and you have what they have on defense, I think you're, you're going to be okay, even if you lose someone yeah. as good as Devontae Adams. Again, he won't turn the ball over. We know that. You know, PFS, PFF type of stat, you know he's going to have a million big-time throws. You know, so no matter who he's around, I'm sure the offense will be efficient, and I'm sure he's smart enough to realize I don't have to be Superman with this defense because I think this defense – really could be number one in the league. I mean, that's how high I am on them. On paper, I don't see any better in the whole league. And you mentioned the two receivers they drafted. I don't have super high hopes for them immediately. I think it takes a long time to gain Rodgers' trust. But the two offensive linemen they drafted in the third and fourth round, Sean Ryan and especially Zach Tom, they are so prototypical boring third, fourth round Green Bay lineman that can play guard, tackle, maybe even center. Like, they'll start for them for 10 years. I mean, the Packers just do that with linemen. And the fourth rounder, Romeo Dubs, might be the the rookie wide receiver to own fantasy-wise in that offense versus Christian Watson because Christian Watson making the jump from FCS at North Dakota State to the NFL. But on top of that, he hasn't been able to practice in camp because he's on the pup list. He's got a knee injury. They're they're not worried about it. It doesn't seem super serious. But missing uh, missing training camp your rookie year sets a lot of players back, unless you're Odell. 100%. And he has a long jump to go anyway. You know, I mean, it's he's not one of the Ohio State kids or Bama kids, too. So I'm not expecting much from Watson in his rookie year. 
Uh, and with David Bakhtiari on the pup, the the rookie fourth rounder Zach Tom's been getting some run with the ones in training. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, great. They'll I make that them. line work. They always make that oh, line yeah. work. The, yeah. And somehow it, it was just like when the Steelers drafted a couple of wide receivers. It's like oh, those guys are gonna be, be good. And yeah. especially with Sean Ryan and Zach Tom, third and fourth round offensive line is like, oh, gosh, those guys gonna be good, aren't they? They drafted yeah. the Packers drafted them. I mean, they may not be the next Bakhtiari and Balaga, but they'll be good and they'll start for 10 years. I mean, that's just uh, their track record so strong. Absolutely. So how that off, uh, how that uh, wide receiver core is looking is obviously going to be number one to watch, but uh, some of the backup young offensive linemen as well and how they filter in there for uh, for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. On defense, there's plenty of players to watch. Uh, two more first-rounders, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker, to go with Preston Smith and Kenny Clark and Jaron Reed and um, – of they course, got pedigree guys everywhere. Oh, first picks all Mary, over this place. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, aside from the, you know, picking a quarterback, Jordan Love, who, by the way, apparently is having a, a pretty good camp here in his third season. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, first rounders galore on the defensive side of the ball, just all the way from from 2016 on, except for the one pick with Love, everything's on defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've used a first-round pick on a defensive player every year except for the Love pick in 2020, going back to 2012. So they're oh, reaching wow. those benefits. <laughs> it's the guys yeah. that have already played their full careers and retired. They just keep so, taking first-rounders. I mean, yeah. oh, they never get a first-round receiver for Rodgers. They always use one on defensive players. And yeah, they, they have Rodgers. Right, right. And they signed Preston Smith and Adrian Amos and – uh, Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas from outside the organization. And then everyone else is just a first round pick. I think this offense, this defense is awesome. Yeah. So a lot of those guys aren't really sleepery because there's so many first rounders. Rashawn Gary already entered mm-hmm. you know, star level play last year. It's he be could fun win the defensive MVP. Like he could. He, that's he, possible. It's in the realm of possibilities. He's so explosive. And he started his career slow. So just, you know, mm-hmm. a lesson for all those fans out there. They're a little bit worried about a, a young player that maybe didn't jump out early. Give it some time. That's why you draft, you know, high, that's where the ceiling comes in. I mean, Gary yeah. was the highest recruit in the country when he came out and just wasn't super productive at Michigan. But they also asked him to do some weird things at Michigan. And yeah. now he is blowing up. Like, if anyone could be the next Watt Garrett Bosa in the league that people aren't talking about, it could be Gary. I'm 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 looking deep into the roster here on the defensive side of the ball. Like we already know the names. You already know Jai yeah, Alexander, right. Daniel Savage, and Adrian Amos, and you know Eric Stokes, who's coming into his own as well last year, the, the 2021 good. first round pick, and Gary. And so yeah, there's not much that's going to surprise people on the defensive side of the ball. I think for the Packers, no, I think it's just high level play. Um, this is the team. I know it's not a real Packer like move, and it could rock the boat a little bit. But I would I would try to sign Odell. You know, you'd win plenty of games until he comes back, get him ready for the playoffs, and then boom. And I think they're probably learning a lot about those young players. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure having Christian Watson on the pup list would add to that, where they would look at their group and think, well, Sammy Watkins can never stay healthy. Alan Lazard is is nice, but um, I'm not buying him at all. We might need to go the veteran route, and there's still some Mm -hmm. guys out there. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at that at all. Or make a trade, or you know, but the, the, I would yeah. aggressively pursue a wide receiver. Man, I would have loved to see if the Packers could have got DK Metcalf or something like that. Yeah, right, yeah, right. I, mean, what, I think they'd be the best team in the league with DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah, it'd be scary. Or yeah. Deontay Johnson, but he's been yeah, I was thinking that too. Right by the Steelers. Uh, so thirteen and four last year were the Green Bay Packers. Looking at the lines this year, ten and a half wins. I, I feel like 
You know, they, I'm going they, over. I feel like it's a pretty easy over ten and a half. I thought the numbers would be like twelve and a half. They win thirteen every game every year. You know, I mean, it, with Rogers and Lafleur, they always win thirteen games. I think they'll mm-hmm. get to eleven. Yeah, I'm, I'm really I sensing heard, the preseason I mean, line. Go put a couple bucks on that. <laughs> exactly, that seems too low. Yeah. Okay, that's an easy one. How about the Minnesota Vikings? Much more difficult. Uh, we'll finish up with Minnesota here, and I have no idea. I feel a lot. Uh, I feel similar about Minnesota that I did about the Washington Commanders we talked about yesterday. Um, I think you can hang your hat on a few more things with the Vikings, but new coaching staff, uh, maybe a limited ceiling with Kirk Cousins, even though he's yeah. you know a high floor quarterback as well. You still have Justin Jefferson Thielen, but they always ha- they already had all that, and they couldn't get over the hump. They were uh, seven and nine team last year, right? Or eight and nine team? Excuse me, eight and nine team last year. Can they get over the hump just because of a new coaching staff? And you know, did they make enough additions? Is this a markedly different team that hasn't been able to get over the hump in the past? Middling Minnesota, I, I say that's how I always describe this team. They've mm-hmm. been average, I mean, dead average for a long time, and that's good. Not to, you know, it's it's not bad. It's not good. You know, I mean, it's average. Average. Yeah, maybe actually, now that you mention it, maybe instead of being the most difficult team to figure out, maybe they're the easiest team to figure <laughs> out. The easiest. Average yeah. again. Yeah, they're they're going to be the eight or nine win. games. Yeah. Um, it, you know, like for fantasy, I'm excited about the coaching change. I think they'll throw the ball a lot more. You'll actually see three receivers on the field. You know, I think they'll get more out of their weapons. But I don't know that this head coach is a better head coach than Zimmer. I mean, Zimmer won a lot of games in this league. Um, right. Very different stylistically. Uh, yeah. I am excited to see Justin Jefferson in the Cooper Cup role on offense. I agreed, but he was fine in his old role. <laughs> you know, I don't care what role he plays. Doing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in two years in the league. He has 17 touchdowns and over 3,000 receiving yards. You know, he's a superstar. Um, a couple little Vikings nuggets I just want to throw out there. Um great turnover differential last year. That's probably not going to keep up. And they still only won eight out of 17 games. Their defense was really bad against the run. They're actually a lot like the Steelers right at the bottom of the league in run defense, just got gashed time and time again, but great with sacks, you know, and they didn't even have Daniel Hunter. So I don't know what exactly to make of that. You know, they throw guys like Zadarius Smith into that mix as well, which I think is interesting. Um, I'm not quite sure what I feel about the offensive line, but I do like the weapons and say what you want about Kirk. I mean, he's the 14th best quarterback on the planet. I mean, he's fine. He's good enough. You know, he's a little about slightly above average, which, you know, this team is all about average. I think the big one, and it's not a sleeper or anything because he was a first round pick, but Lewis seen a player I loved coming out of college. I thought he was a nice pick, but they also moved down in the first round and allowed their the teams in their division to get other players that, that were drafted high. So Williams, yeah. better be legit because if Jameson Williams is amazing, and by the way, he wasn't a player to watch in the preseason, he's not gonna be playing. But if he's amazing and you allowed them to get him, you know, Lewis Seen better be pretty darn good. So I think a lot's riding on that pick. Yeah, and I love the player. I mean, he was somebody I really had an eye on in the draft. Um, I'm, I like Booth as well. I mean, two first-round caliber, borderline first, second-round type guys to add to a secondary, and I think they will rush the passer pretty well. So big picture, I think their defense against the pass should be pretty solid. I'm still high on Eric Kendricks. 
guys like Jordan Hicks are quality players. Harrison Smith still has a lot in the tank or enough in the tank. But over the hump is what you said about this team two or three times, you know, bringing them in. I kind of lean towards they just stay on the hump. hump. Yeah, on the hump. Yeah. On the hump. They should uh, sell T-shirts. Minnesota Vikings on the hump. (laughs) Right, right. We'll see. We'll see, if they, uh, we'll see if they fall off that hump in either direction. Looking at the line. Oh, real here. quick. My favorite breakout guy is Irv Smith Jr. I think this sets up really well for him. No other tight ends of note on the team. He might be the third leading receiver. So he's someone I'm really interested in. You know, it's interesting because I don't know how different the offense is going to look with Kevin O'Connell there. But mm-hmm. the tight ends and running backs haven't really been the thing to own in fantasy leagues in the Rams offense under McVay. Very true. Um, so I, I just, I, I wonder how much feature there's going to be with those players. And Dalvin cook's a really good player, obviously, and, and better than the guys the Rams had since, you know, prime girly. Yeah. 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 Um, but there's a lot of bodies there at running back too. So, you know, if they do, and, and they're probably, it would be smart to not let cook take too big of a load. Then there's Madison and uh, Nguanu. They, they drafted in the fourth Ty round Chandler's last year. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I like Ty Chandler this year, the fifth rounder. Uh, and, and he's actually, I think moving up the depth chart in camp and having a nice little camp there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, some players to watch there, but I think I would be worried about owning anybody in fantasy except for Justin Jefferson on his team. Yeah. And you need to use like a top five fantasy pick to get Justin Jefferson. Right. And Irv Smith is a nice one. Cause you don't have to spend right mm-hmm. a lot on him. So if, if he hits for you, he hits for you, but um, yeah, that's not super exciting. Not super. Yeah, exciting. I don't know where they're going. Nine and a half wins. Are they a better team than last year? Eight and nine. Can they gain one and a half wins? Nine and a half puts you firmly in the playoff hunt. I'm going to go under nine and a half. Me too. I mean, I still think this is the most average team in the league, and double digit wins to me is above average. Unless Zimmer, you know, old school guy, was holding them back. I'm not sure that's the case. It might be be similarly different, if that makes sense. Exactly. Like, I think he's probably holding them back in some facets, but he's been around the block and he knows how to win games in this league and going to a rookie head coach will probably hold them back in different facets, you know, game management or whatever. And it can take some time, you know, new schemes, both sides of the ball. Right, right. Minnesota Vikings on the hump. On the hump. All right, t-shirts. and uh, t-shirts. Packers, Aaron Rodgers, when he says he owns those teams, he does. Green Bay Packers, mark it down. But eh, some teams might be coming eventually, and Aaron Rodgers going to retire eventually. So I think that's where is this the chalkiest division? If Got you asked 9,000 people to rank them one to four, you know, Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears, I kind of yep. think it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, 100%. And even if, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt, right. If anything, team. I think the Lions could maybe beat the Vikes. Vikings, if right. Any you of those gaps. Those. Just there's a gap it. between all of them. Mm-hmm. All right, good stuff. NFC North, Matt and I back tomorrow. If there's anything to talk about with the Hall of Fame game, I'm excited that there's football on, but we're going to see a whole lot of third string um, players in that game. Uh, I hope Lawrence at least throws a pass. We probably won't. Yeah, just, just walk <laughs> on the end gets a carry. You, you, you might need to draft uh, CJ Beathard in your DFS leagues. I think that's yeah. the type of game that we're going to see there. All right. Maybe Walker walks on the field on defense. <laughs> probably. Won't. Yeah, it would be nice to see him. See big yeah, old 70 guy, stand up rusher. Just see what he looks like in that uniform, wearing a weird number 44, I believe. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah just an odd player. Odd player. Um, 
Matt and I will have it all covered for you. Uh, The details on the Deontay Johnson contract as well and anything going on in the NFL Friday right here. Peacock and Williamson.